Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now that I did not know. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We're just going to hook up with Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta on this date uh, back in 1984. Wayne Gretzky, two goals, five points. The Oilers beat the St. Louis Blues by a score of 7-6. St. Louis kicker Neil O'Donohue, uh, the tallest kicker in NFL history missed the convert to tie that one up for the Blues. O'Donohue uh, came out of Ireland and played field hockey as a kid. It's amazing when you can look up when you're really bored. I did not know that six foot six was the tie, the uh, the tallest uh, place kicker in uh, NFL history back in the day. Gretzky had five points in that game. During the course of the 84-85 season, 11 times he had five or more points in the regular season because he also had a playoff game against the Jets where he had seven points in the game as well. Sportsnet Smart Spectre is up next uh, for Horse Racing Alberta presenting the Western Canadian Pacing Derby and the Don Byrne Memorial this Sunday at Century Mile Racetrack. Fan access is limited. and You can watch Alberta's top three-year-old Colts and Phillies battle it out, but you can watch and wager at hbibet.com. Mr. Spectre, how are you? I'm doing pretty fair, Bobby. Back to work, tapping away a little bit today. Making some calls around the hockey world, trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Back to work? You mean you haven't been working for the last couple of weeks? Uh, not that hard. You know what? Like we, us, um, I basically we obviously worked through the summer with this COVID thing and did five rounds of playoffs. So my boss said take most of November off, but do a little writing. Uh-huh. So we're doing a little bit of writing. Yeah. Well, if it's passion, it's not really work, is it, Mark? No, I'm not complaining. Uh, what we do for, uh, if they can call what we do work, Bob, we're still fooling them. So, Toy department uh, inter- of life, man. Yeah, interesting, though, to talk to people around hockey. And, and you know, it's funny. Like, baseball got their season in, and football looks like they're making it through, and basketball's all planned out, ready to go. We're kind of waiting on hockey here, Bob, to, you know, give us something here, aren't we? Well, are we comparing apples and oranges because of the TV deals, Spec? No, that, we're it, not. We're it, not. 
Like, I mean, that's that's part of the issue, right? Like, the NFL doesn't need fans. And uh, now I understand the NFL protocol. The players get tested every day. So that is a relentless amount of testing that's currently occurring. You and me had a private You and me had a private conversation about college football. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of Clemson, who with Alabama are basically running two pro programs that are producing, you know, a ridiculous amount of top end talent. He kind of went after Florida State for canceling at the spur of the moment because they have a protocol that's in place for college football. Clemson followed it, uh, had a player that was not COVID positive when they left, that was COVID positive when they landed the next morning or whatever, and Florida State canceled the game, which cost Clemson $300,000 to fly in there. And he said that uh, he inferred that the school, Mark, I, I find this hard to believe, that's that there would be a belief that somebody would politicize COVID or use COVID to their advantage. I just I, I find that unfathomable, Mark, or not, that uh, anybody would use a situation like this to their advantage. But you know, there was you know, Florida State's having a tough year. Clemson's got a hell of a team, and I mean they they lost in overtime to Notre Dame in a game where they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Who, if we were hosting the show in uh, the states, spec. Uh, if we were in New York and we were doing the Jets, that would be the number one point of conversation on a day, daily basis. Will we be getting Trevor Lawrence? So, anyways, this COVID story is not going away. Everybody's going to have to deal with it. It just comes with the territory. But I do think one of the advantages, Mark, that the NHL has, and then I'm just going to let you go, one of the advantages the NHL has is they get a look at the templates that baseball and football used by not being in bubbles. Right, they're not. They were traveling around, and they can learn from what those leagues used in order to deal with sort of the medical side of things. What do you think about mm-hmm. that? Well, yes, they are getting a look at, at what the other leagues are doing, but what's coming back is that it's exceptionally expensive. Right, the NHL did their bubble here at Edmonton, and it cost a lot of money. Right, it's, it is not cheap, man. Uh, all that testing. You know, testing, 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 testing is quite expensive. It's not inexpensive at all. Even for a big league like the NHL, it costs a lot of money to do that much testing. So, you know, listen, Bob, we know this. Sports is always about money now. That's a deal. It's about money. It's it's entertainment, yeah, but it's about money. But what the NHL is finding out, and you mentioned their TV contract, is they're gonna. It's going to be really, really costly to pull this thing off, and. And everybody at every angle and every owner and the NHLPA and the AHL, everyone is looking at losing money this year, not the players, but certainly all the businesses and the teams. And now they're saying, hmm, how much money am I willing to lose to do this thing? How, what is my appetite to play this thing uh, when my businesses away from the hockey game are losing money? And now you're telling me my hockey team's going to lose a whole bunch of money Give me, give me a reason why we're doing this again. Yeah. Well, you know, well, and if that happens, you know who else loses the money? The players, because they don't oh, get it. No doubt. Then the players lose money for sure, Paul. Right. So but we're already in a- going right. The way it's going right now is the is the PA. If let's let's assume they're going to play this year, because I think we still both think they will. They are. They are. The PA is going to. They're not. Uh, being asked to be uh, have their salaries prorated, but they are asking to um, you know push some money back, right? Uh, what's the word? I'm losing the word. Deferral. 
Deferral. Oh, thank you very much. They're asking to be deferred. So what's happening here is the guy that's, you know, Alexi Lafreniere's second contract is going to pay for a lot of what happens this year, right? They're just pushing, kicking the can down the road. And out of 800 NHL players, I ask you, Bob, how many of them aren't even going to be in the league in three years when the bulk of this bill uh, starts getting paid? Well, on average, Mark, uh, you would have 150 players, uh, roughly about 150 players a year that filter out of the league every year. Seriously. Right. I think it's about 130 to 170 players a year filter out. So they, they get, you know, either some guys retire, some guys get one or two game call-ups and never return again to the NHL. Yep. Some guys head off to Europe. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're they're not asked uh, to take, a, a, you know, a percentage based on the amount of games they played. I mean, I, the, the understanding I get from some of the players I've spoken to is they're not really that concerned. The deferral thing, they're going to get their money. They're just going to get it later. They, there was a two-parter. Larry Brooks spec broke the deferral angle, but the second part was it came out with uh, Elliot's piece that he wrote last week was that the, there was going to be a change in escrow, too because of the mm-hmm. fact that there's a 50-50 partnership. See, I, I, I will tell you right now, I think most of the listeners to this show, Mark, fundamentally understand that the owner of a company should be allowed to make a little bit of money. I think most of the people listening to this show right now kind of go, well, I, that, I, you know what, uh, that kind of, even if, you know, maybe it's a little harder to accept when you think of a guy who's a billionaire, but when you think of a local business guy that's got a small business, uh, you know, maybe he's got four to six people employed. Most of those, you know, most people say, well, for sure that guy's got, absolutely has to make money. That's, that's kind of how this whole thing works, right? So there has to be a way. Here's here's a question we'll have for the listeners, Mark. Is there a drop-dead amount of games? you got to play X games in order to have a legitimate season. Because for me, it's 48 games. I'd like to know what you think. Yeah, I think that's hockey tradition, right? I think the lockouts were the lockout. Oh, boy. Take me back. Was it 94, 95 was the first lockout? Yes. First 48-game season? Yes. So, you know, that's the template. Uh, I don't think we want to go a lot less. Look what baseball did. Didn't baseball play 62 games and leave 100, you know, off the table? I mean, baseball barely played a third of their season, and uh, they got a season in. So in hockey parlance, that would be roughly a 30-game season, let's say. Um, I like, listen, I want as many games as possible because you want a legitimate, you know, teams going into the playoffs. You want a part of hockey is, is the longevity of the whole thing, toughen it out through a long year. So sure, 48 games would work, Bob, but, um, you know, 48 games with nobody in the stands, uh, that's an expensive proposition. I'm told that, I'm told by, uh, you know, someone who knows that basically of, of hockey-related revenue, Bob, 75% of that HRR is in-game uh, revenue. So tickets, box license, suite licenses, food, beer, parking, pretty much 75% of their money comes from in-game experience and 25% comes from... What number? Uh, you, you were there for Gary TV money. You were there, Spec, for Gary Batman's presser that he did before the start of the Stanley Cup final. That is not the number that he gave us at the Stanley. He said it was 50-50, and I've been saying for months on the show that it's always been my belief that it's higher than that, that, it, that yeah. the fans. First of all, for me, it's not even the same without fans, watching at any level on any sport. Like, no. you know what? I, I get the fans. You know why I get the fans, Spec? 
because I'm a fan too, right? Like I love sports, so I get it. I get you know the, the 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 fans for me are part of the pomp and pageantry of the game. Like it's just not the as much as I love college football or NFL or the NHL playoffs. It's not the same without the fans. But the reality is in the economic model for the NHL, like the NFL can exist without fans. Okay, some of those powerhouse schools in the NCAA, like Alabama. Alabama can make sixty to ninety million dollars in a year. Seriously, they so they can get through. You know what? For one year, they can, and they their their actual facility, I think, has got somewhere between fifteen to eighteen thousand fans at home games. So they've actually got fans at their games. So they're making uh, sixty to ninety million just in TV money. No, well, combination TV money. Uh, I for, I forget how it works, but there there were reports that they've had they've had years where they've had they've been up that that program. Now that's not their net, but that that their program. Put it this way: the Miami Hurricanes football program back in the nineteen eighties that built Miami's medical school. Oh yeah, oh, sure. Of course, almost. Bobby, they do, but that I think a lot of those models are built on every second Saturday you have a 90,000 people at the building, right? Well, Mark, so they had 93,000 people at their spring camp game yeah. at Alabama, right? That's, yeah. at their, that's, that's at a scrimmage. So I'm just going to look up some other numbers here. So just back to the NHL. So your number's at 75%. I know it's more than 50. So that illustrates how dependent the NHL, Mark, is on having the fans at the games. Well, yeah, and, you know, it's it's – the, I think the other thing that has to be maybe we got to look this in the eye here today, Bob, is, you know, we heard Gary, and this is, I'm not taking a shot at Gary Bevan. Nobody knows anything about this virus or where it's going or what it's doing. When the playoffs started last, was it right at the end of July, um, Gary said, hey, we're thinking we're going to start these playoffs with all fans, but maybe by the third round we have fans. Well, clearly that didn't happen. Now they're looking at this season. They're saying, hey, you know, we'll start with our fans, but maybe partway through we get a third full, and, and then by playoffs we're half full. And, you know, if I'm, if, if that's, if I'm predicating my season as an owner uh, on someone telling me again that we might get fans later and then after that we might get more fans, I've heard that song and dance before. Again, I'm not blaming Bettman. Because nobody knows what's going on here, but there's for for the guys that are going to lose fifty, sixty, seventy million dollars this year on a hockey team. Uh, I want more surety than I hear that maybe perhaps we'll get a third of a building three months from now. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, uh, Mark, here's your number. Uh, the Rose Sugar Orange Fiesta Peach and Cotton Bowls are a part of the Bowl Alliance for NCAA football. Paid out a combined five hundred and forty-nine million dollars to conferences and schools uh, in twenty eighteen nineteen. So that was last year, in a normal year, five hundred and forty-nine collectively. Now I don't Holy even know God. if that. I don't. I don't even know if that. I'm going to assume that does not include the TV money. So, so that tells you. Put it this way: I mentioned Dabo Sweeney. He got a $250,000 bonus for winning the national championship. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just remarkable when you think about hey, it. It's so. a different world, you know. And and I think, again, like, like you know, it's not – remember the lockout, Bob? 
you know, the owners could say, okay, my hockey team's not playing, but all my other businesses are just going to have to suck it up and they're going to yep. have to, yep. you know, cover the lockout. Well, you know, look, look, look locally, right? You know, Daryl Cates is, is, you know, he owns some restaurants and he owns some nightclubs and he's in the movie business. And I don't purport to know everything he's invested in, but I do know he's invested in all those things and all of those things aren't doing real well, right? Uh, it's difficult, you know, it's difficult when the rest of your businesses are doing poorly to look at someone in the eye and say, okay, I'm going to fire up my hockey team. And it's, I, I'm pretty much sure I'm going to lose about $50 million US this year. Uh, that's, it's tough. It's a tough year for these guys. And so when you're in Carolina and you're in Dallas and you're in Nashville, uh, and your TV contract, your regional TV contract is worth a fraction of what the orders is worth. It's even worse. Are you sure that the regional TV for Edmonton is multiple times higher than Dallas and Nashville? I mean, Mark, your company, NHL Hockey and Rogers, by the way, that that deal is up. It's being negotiated as we speak. That deal's not even in existence at the moment, yes. Right, right. Hacksaw has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, Bob, I can't get my head around the players' deferral. If the money isn't there to meet the 50-50 share, why would they get paid later? It's basically the players giving a loan to the owners to be repaid, even though they really weren't entitled to the money based on the 50-50 share. And I guess, Mark, that's part of the ultimate. I'm going to give you a chance to formulate your thoughts here. Should Bettman and the NHL have been able to foresee the severity of COVID when they negotiated the MOU? So for the segment of the population out there saying, Batman negotiated a deal. He should stick to it. He shouldn't be going back to the fans or to the players asking for more deferral and a higher uh, escrow in the later end of the six-year extension. Should should Gary have factored that in, or has COVID and the pandemic thrown us for all for such a loop that maybe it's understandable? That's the question I'm going to get Mert to answer when we come back in winners now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Thanks, James. It's 1250 at Edmonton. Roost Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. You can head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Roost Chris that Oilers Now sent you. We uh, Before we re-engage with Mr. Spectre, we are at this time going to do... Uh, the Orders Now Prospect Report, which is brought to you daily by James H. Brown. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, and the gang at James H. James H. Brown Injury Lawyers want you to stay safe and stay positive. Mr. Escott, what do you got? Yes, a pull Yarvey scored the game-winning goal for Carpat on Saturday. That's his seventh in 14 games this year. Apelli Rasanen, the six-rounder from 2016, who spent the last three years at Boston College, also playing in La Liga now. Uh, he's got six points in 14 contests. Hulking defenseman Marcus Nemalainen, three assists in 11 contests in the Liga. Uh, so neither him or Rasanen moving the needle points-wise in the last seven days, Bob. All right, uh, there we go again. That's for James H. Brown, injury lawyers. Trent Brown, by the way, in my opinion, probably the best player produced out of the U of A in the last 30 years in uh, football. Let's bring Mark Spector back on the show. Hey, Spack, so the question I had for you, is it fair of Gary Bettman? Has the goalpost move enough uh, because of COVID that it's fair for him to go back to the players and say, hey, I, I know we agreed to this thing five months ago, but we need to reevaluate here. Landscape's changed. What do you think? Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. There's no. You know what? What amazes me, Bob, 
is that there wasn't a clause in that last CBA that addressed exactly this. I'm flabbergasted that there wasn't something that said, look, if we're, if we're looking at starting next season with no fans, if COVID gets worse, if restrictions get tighter, you know, there's got to be some null and void or force majeure or whatever we call it in that last CBA that the NHL shouldn't have had to come back hat in hand and say, hey, boys, we've got to redo this thing. It should be. I can't believe that the NHL lawyers didn't write it in the first place, Bob. No? Uh, yeah, Mark, look, um, all bets are off with this thing. Look no further than, you know, <laughs> the highest levels with, with our own country. At one time, Teresa Tam told us people didn't need masks. And then we got more information. And I don't know about you, but wherever I go in Edmonton, I see people in mass. Like, you know, I've only probably been out, well, maybe once a week or twice a week over the last, you know, since the end of the uh, Stanley Cup final. But I'm here to tell you that, you know, I go to I go to Safeway every morning. Everybody in there has got a mask. Like, but there was a time in which early in the pandemic where people were told not to wear masks, uh, even in terms of information, Mark. The province of Alberta, which has received a lot of criticism, some of it might be politicized, and I think some people get it as to who've been the most vociferous, which tends to happen, right? When you have a right-wing party, sometimes the more vociferous people are far to the left, and when you have a left-wing party, sometimes the louder people are to the far right. But man, oh man, like, you know, they've done some things that other provinces haven't done. Like, there's stats for comorbidities that are available on the province of Alberta website that can educate you and tell you that 92% of the deaths that have come from COVID in Alberta are from people that have had two or more pre-existing conditions, right? And that the average age of death, they've got that at 82. And I still think they could provide even more information, but then they'd be going down a slippery path that maybe isn't the most politically correct, though it might help us find some more solutions as to how to take care of this thing. That's, that's the whole thing with Mark. The information keeps coming in. You know what I mean? And the next step is going to be with vaccines, right? That That's going to be the next thing that's going to occur here is we're going to get, well, actually, this vaccine is more effective than that. Like, we're going to have that scenario exist, and it's all been a – so I'm glad you said that, Mark. I got to tell you. I got, I, 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 I'm glad that I wasn't going to have to – like, to me, it's totally understandable that the leagues come back to the players because – and it's not because I'm Mr. Pro-Management. I'm not pro-Management on every issue. But on this one, I'm kind of looking at it like like <laughs> I, I think that we all thought maybe by January or February we'd be. And I know the naysayers. I, I've got a friend of mine, Mark, that is a really bright guy. And he's a pessimist in everything that he does. And he told me all along, no way. No way they'll be able to open it up, even for 25% of the fans by January 1st. Not a chance. And he was saying that to me in June. He's mm-hmm. going to be right here. But, I, you know, there were a lot of other people that thought, well, maybe there is a chance. And it just ultimately hasn't come to fruition. You know what I'm saying? So, Well, I mean, in, in terms of the NHL the, the, and, and past CBAs, the one thing that we have to remember here is, the players in the league will split hockey-related revenues no matter how large or small they are, right? So so escrow, you know, we all know what escrow is. So, sure, they're going to raise escrow a little, but it's not going to come close to covering the gap if the players are going to earn their full salaries this year. You know, the, wouldn't the lease pay out on July 1st? Something like $60 million. Right. Right? 
you know, the, obviously Connor McDavid gets gets somewhere between ten and eleven of his twelve point five on on or about July first. He got thirteen uh, million this year on July first. Okay, 1st. so this year he got to like twenty million, million, twenty million Canadian. So the point is, in the end, the NHL will send a bill to the PA that will supersede what they hold in escrow. They will say to the NHL PA, okay, we've got all your escrow, and you still owe us, you know, $100 million or whatever it is. And inside the NHL PA, as we've said earlier, you know, if you say there's 150 guys every season that fall out of the league, you know they're really pushing that bill down the road. They're kicking that can to the to the kid right now that's still in junior, to the young player, and they're going to pay. You know they're like someone, some young guy is going to pay the money that Mike Green owes, right? Because Mike Green retired, and there's all kinds of Mike Greens in the next three years that are going to retire, and there's all kinds of young kids that are going to get stuck with that bill and. That's, I'm not sure what I think about that. I don't think that's necessarily the best way to do business. Well, this has all been part of the CBA since 0405 spec. Because if you recall before then, there were some guys that got significant bonuses, right, when they were rookies. The better the player, the more you got as a bonus. Sure. Yeah, we, we have a player in the NHL we, that just that, that was forced to retire this year, Jay Bomeister. The Florida Panthers told him they were taking him number one in 2002. Florida had the number one overall pick. They traded down to the third spot, so they only had to pay him the threshold on a number three overall pick on a bonus structure because that's how cheap Florida was. So they knew they were getting they knew they were getting Bo Meester. They knew that Columbus wanted Nash. They knew Atlanta was going to take Lenton. They traded down to number three. Well, five you know five years later, when it came time to discuss six years later a long term extension with Jay Bo Meester, suddenly they had to trade him to Calgary. Geez, I wonder why. I wonder what happened there. You know what I mean? Well, they don't have any money. Listen, I, I don't. I don't. First of all, I don't. I think that's shrewd business work. If they found a way to pay the player less, and I'm the owner, you know what? It's business out there, and if they can't afford, you know, listen, Florida, they're not making any money down there. How much do you think it would cost them to play this year, right? What do you think their regional TV deal is worth? You know, and their board signs when you get 3,000 people in that building on a good day. We have books in the radio business. We have books. You ready for this? Where we would have, on average, 10 times more daily listeners to this show than they have for viewers. They have have broadcasts that have sub 5,000 viewers per game. Sub mm-hmm. five thousand, under five thousand viewers per game. Right. So they have games at like at forty two hundred, forty three hundred. Mark, I'm going to get to a couple texts here because uh, not everybody agrees with your perspective on Daryl Cates. So we're going to get to that when we come back after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty Chad.